Hi, my name is Elizabeth Crabtree. I am a painter, photographer, videographer, and sculptor based in St. Louis, Missouri. Some of my work has been featured at local galleries, including installation and performance art pieces. Basically, if I can add color to a two-dimensional or three-dimensional space and it speaks volumes to the subject matter at hand, I will. Well, I guess I've always been creative, even in childhood. I've got a pretty eclectic background when it comes to my work history. I have been a lifeguard, a florist, and a marketing researcher. I also have degrees in theater and psychology. But I guess the one thing that drives me is just learning about people, what makes them tick, and trying to make people think about themselves. So when I finally decided to commit to being an artist and change my entire life, around that path, I had this idea for a show and it, it burned in my head for well over a year. And I wanted a show all about women and the roles that they have in life. I find that a lot of women, when I talk to them, they are constantly trying to balance out who they see themselves or how they see themselves and the roles that they have in life. I'm sure that's true for men, but I can only speak from my own perspective. So now I'm collecting all these interviews and the experiences that women are sharing, and I just can't wait to see where this project is at in 10 years. You're gonna hear interviews from women from all walks of life that turn into these intimate and intense conversations about what it is to be a woman. How are you? <laughs> well, good to see you. Good to see you too. Um, so I'm going to start off just with some high-level questions about yourself. Okay. Tell us about you and what takes up most of your time. Oh, um, about me. Well, I am I'm a metaphysician, and I know that many people don't really understand that, but basically metaphysics is the study of the beginning of everything. Um, I'm a massive science and math geek. And I also really love makeup, so it's um, very much a paradox, you know. Um, I am a transformational life coach. I'm a hypnotherapist. I'm working toward finishing my doctoral degree in metaphysical theology. I own Bliss Center STL, which is a metaphysical school for adults and children in the city that I live in. And I spend the majority of my time teaching people uh, to remember who they actually are and the power that they were born with their birthright. Awesome. Yeah. So can you tell us about your various roles that you have in life? Uh, roles. Good, great question. First and foremost, I feel like I am a servant leader, right? I don't really subscribe to gurus or to end-all be-alls, but I do absolutely subscribe to the idea that some of us find out, some of us find better information sooner, and we then have the responsibility to go and share that. So first, first role is servant leader. Second role is mom. And that is uh, the most fulfilling and satisfying thing imaginable to me, right? As a mom, my job is to keep my hands off and watch them make mistakes and grow and be their support when things don't work out quite as well as they'd like. Next role is friend, I would say. And I have a huge, amazing, juicy network of women that I'm surrounded by constantly. And I have the very auspicious gift 
um, that I get to be engaged on such an intimate and deep level with so many incredibly high quality human beings, right? Oh, so good. It can make me tear up, you know. Um, which role do you think would best define you as a person? Uh, servant leader. Because you can take that, you can copy and paste that as daughter, you can copy and paste that as parent, as um, sister, cousin, you know, anywhere you go as teacher, as follower, you know. In terms of things that you're working on, um, what are your goals to oh. reach your ideal self? Okay, that's, I have big, huge, grandiose vision of grandeur ideas as to what is possible with one human life. And so I had my kids early, and that made me really responsible, and thank God for that. And I am willing to put in an incredible amount of work to see things happen, but Ultimately, it's that I want to touch every single life on the planet Earth. And today, that looks at about 7.5 billion. By the time I finally get there, it might be 10 billion. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen or how it's going to shake out? But um, I'm not so concerned with my brand or my name being a part of that. It's just that that butterfly effect is real. you know. And, and I know that I'm an influencer. And I know that I'm charismatic. And I know that if I use these tools to reach out to you and I can engage you on such a level that it ignites your fire, then you're going to go and have that conversation with the next person and the next person and the next person. I want to, at the end of my life, slide into the home base of heaven knowing that I've done something, you know. And so this can be through um, enriching people to learn universal laws and we can lean hard into quantum mechanics and, you know, metaphysics. Or this can be just in knowing that you, you are enough. You are enough to do this. You are enough to do this, right? Like, what? It's amazing. It's amazing. That's what I would do. Teach the world that they're enough. So, in terms of setting aside like things that you want to do, mm -hmm. what are other things that you that you're working on to become your ideal self? I, I think I hit it. I think I'm there. I think that I've been on this journey for quite some time, so maybe I have a. A bit of a what do they call that I had a head start maybe I was born knowing what this was right I was born knowing that if I wanted to learn about something I could just go learn it and do it and there wasn't like I've never had that fear holding me back and so maybe um, it made me a little reckless as a child not having fear but as an adult it makes me incredibly effective and so I I move through my life based on what my desired life looks like I'm very serious about it. And so it's not about what I want to see, it's how it's how I want to feel. And if I want to feel juicy, then I should probably bring some juice, right? And if I want to feel passion, then I should probably bring some passion. And so I'm incredibly mindful about uh, feeling ultra hyper-feminine all the time. I love it. There, nothing is better for me, right? And it's different for all people, right? Your, your desire map is going to be different than my desire map. And so um, if I want... To hear children giggling and laughing, it's my responsibility then to bring games and fun. And if I want, and I do want to hear children laughing and playing, right? And if I want to, if I want to move somebody at the cellular level, I need to come already in motion. I need to come already uh, fluid and abundant, you know? And so I would say I've knocked that out of the park. But I'm constantly checking in with it. It's not something that can be forgotten about. It's not something that can be um, dismissed or be allowed to collect dust. You have to be very, very deliberate. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, so in terms of being a woman, 
um, how has that helped like define your rules for you? So I, this is kind of, a, I have a really weird take on femininity. And so I find my true raw prima materia, that raw power from my femininity, and it is a learned behavior, right? Um, when I grew up, my godparents owned a nursery. All of my family worked in this nursery. The women that I knew when I was growing up were physically strong women. They were, you know, 100-pound bags of topsoil, no problem, you know. And they were funny, and they were engaged, and their bare feet were on the ground, and they were um, knowledgeable, and they had a, a, a special set of knowledge that most people didn't have. Every woman in my family knows every scientific, scientific name to every flower, right? Consider this. It's cool. It's really cool. And so I saw the women as, power, as equally or more powerful than the men in the family starting from a very early age. And so as I was growing, um, I never uh, had had an identity crisis as being feminine or female, right? And I've always known that I do bat my eyes to get out of traffic tickets if necessary. Of course I do. It's called a feminine. These are our feminine wiles. This is what we were given. It's a gift. We should use it. I hope the men are smart enough to use their masculine wiles. You know, like, I hope that they can catch on, and I hope that the way that they move through their lives, they can just be set and grounded and enjoy it. You know, there's so much to enjoy in that space. I feel that it has only ever been a get out of jail for free card. It has only ever been a positive. It's only ever been, I've never had anyone hold me down because I was a woman. I've never had anyone say, you can't do that, never in my whole life. And I mean, I hope that this bleeds over, you know, this bleeds over into the lives of others. And I hope this bleeds over into the life of my child, you know, because at the end of the day, I get to know exactly who I am and have it be, I, I can see like uh, this picture of, you know, the spring, this tiny little spring that starts out and it becomes this raging river and it goes out into this grand, vast ocean. And the beginning of that spring is this gender, this awesome thing that God gifted me with. Like, here, you get to be a woman this time, you know? High five, God. Yes. Yes. I know that's really wordy, but that's where it's at, for sure. You already touched upon it, but how do you define womanhood? What is it to you? Uh, this is an excellent question. My definition of womanhood, I guess, would have to start with having an identity as a woman. And so if I were a man looking into womanhood, I would say things like the lines are softer, right? There's more curvature, right? Um, if I were a girl looking up to becoming a woman, I would say that there is confidence, right? And that there might be more glamour and beauty in there, right? Um, but ultimately, I think it's so incredibly individual. Some women may identify womanhood as being a mother. Some women may identify womanhood as being crone, grandmother, right? You know, we use words like witches and, you know, nasty words like uh, cuss word like bitch, right? And we have all of these different things that can be that shadow side of a woman. And I think all of that needs to be celebrated as well because we do have that kind of underground dark power about us and I think that if we're not paying attention to the whole things are going to get missed important things are going to get missed and so if I'm identifying myself as a woman I want I want to add in witch and bitch and I want to add in glamorous and lovely 
right? And I want to add in feminine curvature, and I want it. Whatever I choose, it's whatever I choose, you know? But I'm willing to observe from all aspects in order to obtain what it is that I choose for that. And then you've already touched upon this, but I'm going to ask the question again just to be consistent. Has there ever been a time in your life where you, being a woman, has defined your roles by an outside person or force? Oh, certainly. Certainly, certainly. So never in a negative way, though. I've never been defined negatively as a woman. Um, I think that I have had men say things like, you have a man's mind, or you have a man's logic, and I don't really identify as a feminist so much, but I will say that um, I was always a little turned off by that. Like, what does, what does that even mean, you know? Um, I've only ever been applauded I've only ever been um, encouraged or uplifted. I've only ever been given even more resources as a result of, you know, being born female versus not. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate you sharing oh, that. I didn't realize I was going to cry so much. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. It's just real emotions, and I appreciate you opening up in that way. Thank you for listening. I just want to say a special thank you to all the women who volunteered their time to make this project possible. Uh, this was produced by Dale Bruni. Special thank you to Tyler Hawthorne for all his time spent on the interviews. This was produced at the Jeffco Art Coalition and the Nest of Cryptic Queen Photography. If you want to check out more of my work, visit us on Facebook and Instagram at Sanguine Tree. That's S-A-N-G-U-I-N-E Tree. Also, if you want to check out some artistic events that I host and get involved in creating your own artwork, check us out at 30proofpainting.com or at Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest at 30 Proof Painting. Love my crabby apples. Until next time.